Hey, what's up, everybody? This is K Noel, and I want to welcome you to the Pursuit of Passion podcast, where we give you encouragement for your journey. So take a seat and listen to the practical, but yet sound, encouraging word while you are in pursuit of your passion. What's going on, family? We're back again. This is the kid, K. Noel, your relentless motivator. Hey, told y'all these last three episodes are going to be something. So this one, I'm extremely, extremely excited to introduce this person. Chuck, I don't know this person. Chuck, about night since I was 19, 20 years old or whatever. Yeah, we, we go way back. It's a lot that I can say about this person. I, I truly think highly of her. Um, she's awesome. I'm not gonna steal all of that from. Her. I'm gonna let her introduce herself. So I want to introduce you all to Tree the LPC. So uh, how you doing tonight? Uh, today, you know. I'm doing okay. Night just getting started. This is my first thing for the day, and, and you know, work night shift, helping veterans. So it's kind of like. I'm, I'm, I just woke up, so I'm good to go. <laughs> you, you're a night owl, so I would definitely let you have that because I am not the type to work overnight. I tried it before and I feel miserable. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> it's definitely not for the weak at heart. <laughs> and I'm definitely weak on that one. <laughs> okay. So let's start off. Tell me a little bit about yourself and um, what you do. Alrighty, my name is Trudy LPC. I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Georgia. My real government name, in case for those that want to go look up my license and all of that, my name, uh, government name is Santrice Russell. I'm licensed in the state of Georgia as a professional counselor. I've been in the counseling field for about 15 years. I started working with children and adolescents right out of college when I received my bachelor's degree in psychology. And then I spent about six to seven years working with adolescents in the inpatient setting, also in group home settings. And then finally I decided, hey, why am I doing this? I can't really affect them and be as helpful as I want to be if I don't have my full um, degree to be able to practice counseling. So I decided to go back to school, got my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And since then I've been working with adult clients as well as adolescents clients as well. But basically just working with people. I specialize in depression, anxiety, treating depression and anxiety disorders. And then I also I also um, have a deep love for working with members of the LGBT community and population, helping them work through problems that they may face when they're going through um, problems with coming out, accepting themselves and their own sexuality, as well as having their family members accept them and setting boundaries with their family members around that. So I work with all different types of populations, but depression, anxiety, and LBGT issues are the, what I truly specialize in. Uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. How did you get into the field that you're in now? Like, what was the, the motivation behind it? I'm sorry. I was actually motivated to go into the field because of my own upbringing. Um, I had a very difficult childhood. I was raised by my paternal great-grandmother and my paternal great-aunt. And uh, my mom was in prison when I was a child. My dad was just kind of in and out of my life. And I was bad as hell as a child. I don't know if I could tell me if I can't cook. But I was really, really bad as a child. And um, I was always getting threatened. You're going to end up being a juvenile system. You're going to end up going to the YDC. Because 
because I just did whatever because I was acting out because I was hurting as a child and I didn't really realize until my college years that a lot of what I was dealing with was depression because I didn't have my parents and I wanted to be loved by my parents and so as I got into my teenage years I really decided that I wanted to be able to give back to help teenagers and children that went through what I went through and so that was what why my first six to seven years of my career were spent working with adolescents who had gone through the experience that I went through and, and being in the juvenile and the um, Department of Family and Children's Services system. And I worked with those, that population for that period of time because that, that was where my passion, but as I grew, my client base grew. And so now I enjoy helping adults who have gone through things that I've gone through as an adult and being able to kind of not not share my experience with being able to sit with them and their experience. I just really enjoy being able to help people. Wow, that's, that's awesome. So you really just beat the odds that were stacked up against you and what was spoken against you. So that's, I apologize, that's a lot of mental toughness on me. And at a young age. Yeah, a lot of resiliency. Yeah, and, and I, I also want to say you being bad, <laughs> feel bad, <It's> different bad. <laughs> uh, so let's let's go into the topic for all of you that's listening, especially in this year. Mm-hmm. I I really feel that the topic of mental health is very very important. Not only for you know, in, when I was thinking about you know asking news geared towards the creative business owners and all that kind of stuff, but not just them, you know, everybody's hurting. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a crazy year. It, and we have had a lot of, a lot more losses than wins. So what advice could you give people, you know, to cope with, you know, all of this stuff that we've dealt The main thing that I would tell people is to make sure sure that in the midst of everything that you're going through that you take care of yourself. As a clinician, I strongly promote self-care. I strongly promote being able to take time each day to really just kind of center yourself, meditate, pray, do those things to kind of help you really get in touch with what you're feeling. You probably, you know, I think you already know this, but I I work for a suicide prevention hotline and a lot of people are experiencing those type of thoughts this year because of what we're going on with the pandemic. So I would just strongly recommend anyone who is going through a problem and they're feeling like they can't go on to please reach out or support, whether it's finding a therapist for you to connect with or whether it's contacting the local suicide prevention hotline if you do have some of those down moments. There's always someone there to be able to support you 24-7. For those of you guys who have T-Mobile or have Metro by T-Mobile, you can dial 988 and get to your local suicide prevention hotline. But the 1-800 number is 1-800-273-8255. And anyone that answers one of those phones is a professional mental health helper that can help talk you through and support you through what you're going through. If you don't want to reach out to someone outside of your family, you can also reach out to your friends. I know that during the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people were doing Zoom meetings and they were doing all kind of like online social gatherings, but it's really important to not isolate yourself. Make sure that you're using the people and the tools that are out there for you in order to stay connected and take care of your mental wellness. Awesome. So you mentioned self-care. I, I was always taught, you know, like when I'm going through some stuff, you know, to, to, to work even harder and, you know, the, 
help keep my mind off of stuff like that, you know, is that actually the healthy or correct way to do it? It can be healthy if you if you do it correctly. And when I say, when I say do it correctly, I do mean like, yes, distractions are good to get you through the day. If you gotta go to work, you can't spend all day in bed, you can't cry, because you still have to do things to get you through life. So the distractions are great if you use them as a tool to motivate you to deal with the depression and the anxiety once you get home. It's like you can't just ignore it, because when you ignore it, all it's gonna do is pile up over time, and then you're gonna end up hitting a breaking point, and then it can get really, really bad. So what I would encourage doing instead is, yes, find ways to distract yourself, find coping skills to be able to do. I always encourage my clients to meditate, exercise, journal, making sure that they're finding things that they enjoy doing. If you're a gamer or if you enjoy, um, just even so social media can also be a, a good outlet and tool for people to use. But instead of just isolating yourself and burying yourself in your work like I do, make sure that you're also setting aside a time each day just to, to center yourself. I call it check-ins, being able to check in with yourself. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? What is really going on? And getting to the core of what it is that's triggering that feeling. Because you have to be able to deal with the root cause of issues. So to answer your question in short, no, it's not healthy to do it over long, over long periods of time. It is healthy in a short time, eight hour period, get you through the day. And then when you come home, Take you 30 minutes to just really deal with what you're feeling and then go back to doing things that you enjoy. Don't let it consume you, but don't completely ignore it. I, I love that you said that because I know for me, though, that I was taught that <laughs> working wasn't always the thing yeah. for me because it would sometimes drag me. So I've had to learn this year, you know, to just, sometimes I just lay in the bed and just rest my mind. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. that I needed to take a nap, I was just, you know, resting my mind. Yeah, definitely. So what about those who are, who are dealing with hurtful things? You know, especially this year, you know, a lot of people that are working from home, they're constantly around the people who are hurting you. Or, and it may not be physical. It could be, you know, verbal, you know, like verbal damage. How can someone deal with that? Yeah, to deal with that, that hurt, what you have to do is it, is first acknowledge it and not bury it. Um, a lot of times being able to talk to that person, if you're able to talk to that person to work through whatever the problem area may be is, is one thing that I strongly encourage. But if you're not able to talk to that person, really just taking the time to process through your feelings. If you're not able to do that independently, I do recommend reaching out to a therapist or a counselor to process through those things as well. Okay, speaking of reaching out to therapists, I know that there's some people they may have insurance to rely on to to reach therapists. What about those who really don't have the insurance? Is, are there options for them to, you know, to reach out to somebody and mm-hmm. to be able to reach somebody? Else? Yeah, there are a lot of different online therapy options for people to, that people can reach out to who don't have insurance. And then there are also a lot of clinicians that, um, that they can reach out to. Psychology Today is an online profile of clinicians across the, at least the United States. I'm not sure if it's international at this point, but there are a lot of counselors who, even if they take insurance, they do take what we call sliding scale fee clients, meaning if we do, we make up a price that is based on a sliding scale of where your income is and try to work as much as possible with you to 
to make sure that, you know, you're able to financially afford the services, but also we're getting compensated for our service as well because we can't work for free. But aside from the sliding scale option, there are online platforms such as BetterHelp and Talkspace that offer services for people who do not have insurance. Um, and you're able to play, pay a monthly premium there to have a subscription with a therapist. That's one of the pla I that's one of the platforms that I provide services on currently is BetterHelp. But my most of my clients on there do not have insurance and they're the ones that use this to just kind of be able to check in with me virtually and have weekly sessions via computer. That's good to know because me personally, I didn't know there was resources out there like that. Because I mean, we, we know it's stress insurance, insurance, and you know, it's, it's people out there that need help and they really don't have the insurance, you know, to to get the help that they need. So, and, and, and I think just putting it, you know, just being plain and blunt, you know, in our community, the black community, we suffer a lot because of what we don't know. Right, yeah. So thinking about people, you know, that a lot of people now this year, they, they're trying to feel, fulfill their life purpose because, you know, now that, you know, they're recognizing life is short and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But there are some people out there who are, who are trying to fulfill their life purpose, but they are also slowly sinking. They haven't like fully drowned, but they're, they're slowly getting to that place. What can they do to like, you know, start to pull themselves out of it? It's almost like, you know, quicksand. You know, the, the more you move in it, the, the more you start seeing. I think when it comes to situations like that, what they really have to do is reassess where they are, reassess what steps they're taking to move towards their purpose, and then figure out whether or not they need to realign their purpose or take some different steps in order to move forward. A lot of times when you're feeling stuck in a situation or you're feeling stuck in this place, sometimes you, you may have to ask, is this really where I want to be? Is this really where God's purpose for my life is? Or am I operating outside of my purpose? And is that why I'm feeling and experiencing some of these barriers? But if you know that you're in that purpose and you know that you're moving towards the God's purpose for your life. In those situations, I would just recommend doing the, the just the practical, looking at what can I do differently? What steps, what, what way can I go to be able to push this forward? And also reaching out to see if there are other people who may be aligned with your purpose. I think a lot of times people experience problems because they want to do it on their own. They want to do it so that they can have the clout or the bragging rights and they don't want to say someone else helped me to do this. But a lot of times we drown because we don't reach out for support from other people that may have the skill set or the tools that can help us. Yeah, I, I think reaching out to other people, that can take you a long way because mm -hmm. I have, in this year alone, I have met so many people that have added bits and pieces to help me along my journey. So mm -hmm. that is that is awesome. So I, I encourage people when you're on that journey, reach out. So don't you don't have to do it by yourself. I think we're in a society now where we try to promote, you know, trying to do it on our own, don't trust nobody, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. You gotta find somebody you can trust. Right. That's that's major. Right. So I know you mentioned about, you know, taking time for yourself and, you know, each day. So how highly important is that? Is that something that needs to be at the, the bottom of the list or is that a, a really high top priority? 
for me it's a top priority even though I don't do it <laughs> but it is a top priority because a lot of times what we do as people especially church people but just people in, in in my profession helping professionals what we do is we spend so much time pouring into others that we do not end up pouring that same energy and time into ourselves and you know even speaking from a biblical standpoint you cannot pour from an empty cup you have to take that time to replenish your cup and, and pour into yourself how can you give to others if you don't have enough and the thing the what makes it so critical is it just like your body needs sleep every single day in order for it to recharge so does your mind so does your wellness if you don't take that time to do those things that leads to things such as depression that leads to things as such as experiencing anxiety such as having health conditions like things manifesting your body one of the things about stress that i always talk to about my clients is your stress even though it to you it may seem like it's something really small stress can kill you stress can manifest in places in your body starting for me my stress starts in my back my up my lower back or uh, up in my shoulder area those are things that they hurt you in the long run. And we know as you get older, those pains, they don't go away quite as quickly. So attending to that is critical, not only just because of your mental health, but if you don't attend to it, it will impact your um, physical health in some way. Okay. Now, you, you mentioned church and you mentioned biblical. So <laughs> I'm going to go down this, this rabbit hole. So oh, if, Lord. I don't if, know you, if I'm ready for that. If you're going to get offended by this, I advise that you hit the pause button, the fast forward. Matter of fact, we're gonna do a commercial break right here and we'll be right back. Hey you guys, it's Nadia The Rose and I'm here to let you know that you should be listening to In Between the Pages of Life podcast. Every week we're discussing real life, real joy, and real pain. It's the brutally honest discussion about everyday life. We're holding up a mirror to society and critiquing what we see. Join us every week to be a part of the conversation. Okay, we're back. So... I just said I was gonna go down this rabbit hole. Tree, open the door for it. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well then, <laughs> I don't even know where this is gonna go, but I'll go with it. I know you are, uh, you know, a holy man of God, so I don't know where where this is going, but we're gonna see. <laughs> I know a lot of people. They like to go to their pastor, uh-huh. and I will be honest. I am not, a, I, I'm okay with you going to them for help, but when it comes to psychological health, yeah. I, I'm not an advocate for it because they're not trained professionals. Yes, I went. So you can go and say that I said it because I said it. Okay. So <laughs> is that, from your perspective, is that really effective with them trying to, to, to help people? Because I know like on my job, you know, I work at a college. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're trained. We have to do um, annual compliance. We are trained to, if we come across a student that's suicidal, or you know, employees or whatever, we send them to our um, counseling department. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on that? As far as you know, like pastors and stuff, trying to be that that, that therapist for, I guess, what they would call it, their flock. 
Okay. Do they, do they have a, a master's degree in pastoral counseling? No. Or so they just run in churches and counseling? Okay. Yep. <laughs> Uh, my, my thoughts on that is everyone should operate within their own anointing as, as well as their own skill set. I think that when someone is not trained clinically to know what signs to look for or know how to treat people who are experiencing things such as depression and anxiety, they run the risk of ending up putting that person in a worse situation than what they are initially. I think that we all have our gifts, our skill sets, and we all need to stay within our range and within our scope of practice because yes there are counselors pastoral counselors out there who have trained i've worked with pastoral counselors before who have gone through programs that taught them how to do pastoral work i still wouldn't say that it's clinical work but who have taught them how to do pastoral work and they've had to go through internships and things like that so there are people out there who are trained and are qualified to do that but if your pastor was just called by jesus and there's nothing else that he has done extra outside of that to receive training or degree or a license to profession uh to practice professional counseling then yeah i, I can't get behind that See, I gotta applaud you for that response because you handled that one so professional. Because <laughs> so, even in my life coaching training, uh-huh. they they have taught us, you know, you know, it's a it's a boundary, it's a line from the 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 life coaching side of it onto the therapy side of it. Mm-hmm. I can only take them so far till right. I suggest that you know they see a therapist. Yeah, because that's. That that's not what I've trained to do. Yes. So I, I know I gotta stay in my lane and realistically I can do more harm than good than yeah. with trying to help. Yeah. So and you know and well, I, in the process range, you, you out of your you're out of your goal. That's we that's that's you out of your lane and you need to refer because yeah, I I'm glad to hear that you have boundaries around that, but I've heard so many different stories about life coaches who trying to be therapists and that's a dangerous game too. So Right. Exactly. But I just had to go there because you opened the door to me. So Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I had to be there. I had to go there. What about those who are mentally entangled with depression? They they feel like they, they can't stop. And we're going back to, you know, those, you know, they're using, you know, working as a coping, you know. And they feel like they, they can't stop because, you know, it's just like in that moment, you know, for that person, they, they keep rolling and rolling and they don't feel like they can stop working. It's basically like an addiction almost. Mm-hmm. It, it, is is that a thing, so to speak? Is working like that without stopping a thing? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's a thing, but it's not a healthy thing to do. This this is the thing about treating depression. The, the good thing about someone who can push themselves to work when they're going through a depressive episode is the fact that it does distract them and keeps them from going into a deeper depression in terms of like on a clinical scale because people who are truly clinically depressed, a lot of them can't get out of bed. They can't work. That's how, that's one of the things that separates regular depression from clinical depression. 
because they're not able to function. So if they're going through all of those steps and they're, they're able to get out of the bed and go to work, yes, it's clinical to a degree, but it's not to that point where they're not functional and they're not able to be productive. But the thing with that is, if you are scheduling yourself and if you are just driving yourself in the ground, one of the things that I tell my clients is make sure that when you schedule out your day, you also schedule out time for wellness. There's nothing wrong with working and doing that thing because you need a routine. Having a consistent routine is the number one way of being able to deal with and combat depression. Being on a consistent routine, okay, at eight o'clock I get up. At, at nine o'clock I brush my teeth and I get ready for bed. I get ready to eat my breakfast. At 10 o'clock I get ready to leave to go to work. I, I go to lunch. Like having a routine schedule is very important, but that schedule also needs to include wellness. That schedule also needs to include scheduling time to talk to your friends, scheduling time to play. I don't know, a lot of my clients play Dungeons and Dragons. Scheduling time to do that, to play games with your friends. Like, if you are doing something too so much to the point where you're over-consuming and work, obviously you're not attending to other areas of your life. And the thing about a total picture of wellness is it's not just work. You have to have professional self-care. You have to have a social self-care. You need to make sure that you have boundaries around your religion, boundaries around all different facets of your life. There are so many different spheres of wellness. So building all of those things into your routine versus just, okay, I'm gonna work and this is how I'm gonna deal with it. That's not healthy. Okay. I'll admit that I am a gamer and I had to learn to, you know, because I, I got to a point I was working so much that I wasn't making time for me. Yeah. So I, I'm a bit 2K fan. So if y'all, y'all on 2K, holla at me. I, mean, I, I don't mind, you know, <laughs> dominating on somebody, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> what about those who aren't functional? How do they get, how do they move from that place of, not being functional to to eventually getting to being functional. What are like steps or methods that they will have to take or they can take? Okay, the first step: seek a licensed professional. If you're at that place of non-functional, it's it's too far gone, and you need to see someone. What they can do independently is make out a weekly schedule of things that they enjoy doing add things into that schedule that include attending to, to work, family, their own leisure activities, and reaching out to friends, not isolating themselves. That's the thing. A lot of people who deal with depression, they isolate themselves, and, and that feeds into the depression. Do not stay in bed all day. A lot of people, like, I don't, they, they feel like, oh, I just don't want to get up. I can't get up. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I've been there. I've suffered from depression for many, many years. And when you stay in bed, all that does is continue to amplify the emotion that you're already experiencing. Get up, eat, go back to bed. Like if you're not functional, the main thing is to first break that cycle and that relationship that you have with your bed and get out, get some sun. I know it's cold right now, but get some sun, get out, get a little bit of vitamin D every single day to help it boost your system, your, your mind, that those things are really, really critical. And another thing that everyone needs to do if they are dealing with that level of clinical depression is making sure that they have at least one person that they can reach out to. Okay. And what about those who are like on the outside where they see this family member, maybe like 
they had a family member to just shut down. You know, they, they don't hear from it. They, they know they're suffering with something, but they, they can't get past that barrier to, you know, to reach out to them, you know. And they say that that person lives in a house by themselves and they won't come to the door or anything. Yeah. What can somebody on the outside do to, to, you know, reach through to that person? Do we know that the person is alive? Yeah. Okay. I asked that question. The th and the reason I asked that question is because when you, when you mentioned that, the first thing that popped in my head is, you know, they're not answering doors, they're not answering the phones, do we know if they're alive? But if we know that they're alive and we're concerned to that degree about their um, their mental health, if we if they are not, to, what, for, to the best of our knowledge, if they're not suicidal at that particular point, what we want to do is just, you know, continue to, to reach out to them and let them know that we're there for support, let them know that, you know, we want to be, be there for them. But if there is a situation where you're dealing with a loved one and they're depressed to that degree, they're isolating, they're, they're you know, they're just not reaching out, not responsive. And we believe that they may be suicidal or they may be at risk of hurting themselves. That's when you want to involve your local crisis line in Georgia, we uh, we have what we call GCAL, Georgia Crisis and Access Line, and we, you may want to get a mental health professional to be able to go out and check on them. Okay, so would every state have something like that? Most states do. Not everybody has a mobile crisis team, but in the state of Georgia, we have a mobile crisis team. But that 1-800 number that I uh, gave earlier, 1-800-273-8255, that's the number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And some of the responders on those particular lines may be able to assist with what we call a PSAP. That's where we conference in PD with the person that is calling in about the person of concern. And we get someone from either the local crisis line or PD to go out. And so if that state does not have a mobile crisis team, then basically what would happen is PD would end up going out and assessing whether or not that person needs to be admitted to a mental health hospital. I think that would be the last question, but I'm going to give you the floor to say, you know, anything that you would like to say to anybody, you know, to encourage them, anything. So, what was your? Okay, well, let me see, because I had planned on having the floor. So, you know, I just encourage everybody to take care of their mental health. Your mental health is 100% your responsibility to attend to. It's not for your family members or your friends to attend to. It's 100% for your responsibility to attend to. If you are dealing with depression, if you are dealing with anxiety, or if you're dealing with any other mental health concerns, it's okay to get help. I know specifically in the African-American community, for years it has been something that has been taboo and something that we don't want to talk about. We just want to pray about. We want to go to church, as we talked about earlier, and not really deal with it. But it's okay. Therapy is okay. It is something that is universal. I encourage every therapist that is that is out there to have a therapist. I have a therapist, and it has done wonders for my life. So take care of your mind. You, you only get one life, and you have to owe it to yourself to live your life to the fullest and part of that is really taking care of your mental wellness if you don't journal i encourage everyone to journal meditate take moments to to show gratitude for the things that are in your life because those things also help to build up your spirit and, and build up your emotional and mental health i always tell my clients you know it's okay to feel depressed at times but don't build a tent and stay there you can't, if you choose to take up residence in your depression, it will take you out. It will destroy your life and it will destroy the relationships that you build with others. So just make sure that 
If you're not seeing a therapist, then you need to just know that there are a lot of resources out there for you to use, for you to reach out to. Um, I mentioned a couple of them earlier. There's BetterHelp online um, counseling services, which you can use if you have you no know, insurance services. Also, most people who do have insurance, you know, you can reach out to the number on the back of your card that says Behavioral Health Services and see which behavioral health providers are in your area. Most insurance companies these days have apps or websites where you can go online to find a provider, but there are so many different mental health providers out there. Um, not just licensed professional counselors like myself, but you also have licensed clinical social workers, um, licensed marriage and family therapists. There's so many different providers that are out there that can provide services for you. So you don't have to do it alone. And I did want to reiterate what I mentioned earlier. You know, if you know someone who is experiencing thoughts of suicide or if you are experiencing thoughts of suicide, there is that 1-800 number, 1-800-273-8255, where you can reach out and speak to someone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you're not able to reach a family member or a friend that can support you at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, that that number is always available to you. And if you don't want to log in or you call in, you also have a chat and text options for both of those lines as well. So please just don't go through it. Don't suffer in silence because life is precious and we only get one. So just take care of yourselves. Absolutely. How can, um, cause you got your YouTube now and stuff, you got that rolling. How can people find you on, on, you know, like social media and stuff? I can be found on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, as well as Facebook under the handle TreeDLPC, that's T-R-E-E-T-H-E-L-P-C, that that's how you find me. You reach out to me via email, srussell at uniquedestiny.org. Unique Destiny is the name of my counseling organization, as well as my nonprofit. So I'm very easy to find. You can always Google my name, Centuries Russell, and you'll see all of that come up, so. Absolutely. Um, I just want to tell you that thank you for taking the time out. Um, I was always like the little brother. So <laughs> as the little brother, I just want to say thank you. Through, even throughout the years, you know, you, you've been there, you know, and I, I really appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. I'm proud of you. And I've seen the journey. So it's <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was, it's so crazy. I was sharing some information with my partner. Uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm doing the podcast with Ken. Because, you know, she was, who's Ken? I was like, that's the one, you know, you did the painting for. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't even think I've ever um, told them about um, that journey or how we really, really met or whatever. We didn't talk about that. But it, it definitely has been um, a journey and a lot of growth. And I'm, I'm proud of your growth, knowing where you come from and, you know, the experiences that you've experienced over the life or whatever. We've definitely grown a lot over the last 18 years of knowing each other. About 18. Old, old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Oh, yeah, a lot of growth over the last 18 or so years. So I definitely appreciate you inviting me to be a part of this and share about mental health. I'm very passionate about mental health, so I definitely can appreciate any platform that brings awareness to it. So thank you for what you do. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you all know the drill. You all have a good morning, a good evening, a good night, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. I am Kay Noel again, your relentless motivator. And we also have Tree, the LPC on here. And you all, we are out. Goals. 
How many goals have you set up for yourself when you gave up because it was too hard? How many times did you feel you weren't good enough because the journey seems tedious? I too felt this way, but then things changed. I realized I had to change how I think. I had to change who I was. I had to be relentless. I am K Noel. I want to tell you about my book, Be Relentless. It teaches how to understand your roar, your design path, hitting your mark, and much more. Purchase your copy of Be Relentless today at www.relentlessmotivationalgroup.com. It's not just another book. It's a movement. So are you ready to be relentless? Thanks for joining us this week on the Pursuit of Passion podcast. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Both handler names are RelentlessMG1. And hey, check us out on Facebook at Relentless Motivational Group. And don't forget about our website, www.RelentlessMotivationalGroup.com. As always, subscribe now to catch a new episode every week. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a ton of other podcast platforms. And if you want to look us up on Anchor, that would be anchor.fm forward slash the pursuit of passion. If you would like to send a donation, you can do so on our website or on our Anchor page. Till then, we'll see you next week.